This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week television podcast. I'm James Manning, the editor of Media Week. Joining me this week, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi there, James. It's been a little while since we've uh, caught up, so we've got a big, long list of exciting things to talk about. Um, there's some great programs we'll run through shortly, but I guess we should really sort of comment a little bit about what's been happening at the ABC. It's been an amazing week. It started with the um, CEO and Managing Director Michelle Guthrie stepping down, and just before we've um, started this podcast, we got the news through that um, the Chairman, Justin Mill, has uh, stepped back. Gee, it's been uh, all happening, hasn't it, Andrew? Absolutely amazing week. Uh, And in some ways, I kind of think a week that really needed to happen. Uh, I mean, throughout history and throughout every every government, whether they're Labor or Liberal, uh, the ruling government of the day always has an issue with the ABC. But I think uh, what's been going on over the last few years has been kind of... uh, kind of disturbing and I kind of feel that the ABC have felt that they've been a little bit under siege and I think that this proves that they have been and I think that they've made mistakes because of the fact that they feel they're being watched all the time and that the tiniest little mistakes are going to be ripped out and and turned into a huge story because there's so many people in this country eager to portray the ABC as doing the wrong thing all the time. So uh, I think that uh, this is a week that has been very, very interesting uh, to show some of uh, the workings behind the scenes and it, and it confirms what a lot of people have uh, been suspecting. Yeah, but I, th- I get a feeling there's still a lot to go on this. And the, I think there probably is, yeah. The, the latest stuff is that the, you know, the whole ABC board is under question now for, yeah. sort of for their involvement because this – this throws a different light on the, the departure of um, Michelle Guthrie now. Um, yes. And and uh, and every day there's new revelations about, you know, how long this has been going on, the agitation to get her out of the top job. There was deals being done. There's claims today that she reneged on a deal to go quietly at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, all sorts of stuff happening. Um, yeah. And, you know, you just... Yeah, it's just it's it's really weird because at the moment there's no uh, CEO, there's no chairman. Interestingly, at the same time, there's no CEO running um, SBS either. So that public broadcasting is really at a um, at a special point, isn't it? With sort of uh, lacking a bit of leadership. Wow, is it ever? Uh, it's it's funny, you know, because the uh, uh, Michael Ibeid from SBS is one of the names that's now being floated around. Uh, to possibly run the ABC, although it's still probably a bit too early to talk about that. I would just like to think that uh, uh, whoever they bring in uh, has to be someone that has bipartisan support, and uh, I think it'll be very interesting what happens yet. But I I think you're right. I think there's a lot more to come. And I've just actually been on the ABC website and uh, had a look at the people who are on the board, and Justin Milne is still on their website even though he's only resigned a couple of hours ago. But they haven't taken him down off the website yet. He still appears there as chairman. He's still got to appear on 7.30 report in an interview. He's just taped with Lee Sales, which they've just started promoting. But, you know, you look at uh, the people who are on the board and and they're all... um, they're all business people. You know, they, they all seem to uh, be on lots of boards. I guess uh, people who are on boards, uh, this is what they professionally do. They just kind of go from one board to the other. And uh, looking at who's on that board, uh, those board members are uh, busy people who have uh, lots of fingers and lots of pies. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff still to come, of course, is the, um, you know, um, Justin, um, Justin Milne is claiming he never really ordered that Emma Alberici or I think Andrew Proben, uh, either of those reporters should be sacked. Um, I, I think he does indicate he might have discussed the, the, how the government felt about them in a private conversation. But to be um, what we really need to see the the hard evidence of this email, if it exists, that um, where where he's supposed to have claimed this. A lot of people said, why would you ever put that in writing? And he's sort of yeah. claiming, well, it's not really in writing, certainly not in context that. Um, that it's being used. Well, Fairfax is saying that's in writing, and now you've got news.com uh, saying that it's in writing that 
he wanted, he said that Andrew Probin to shoot him. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of media organisations saying that there are emails to this effect, whether or not uh, we get to see them. You're right, it'll be very interesting. And I think one of the things that Dudley Sales talks to Justin Milne about is is antagonising the government of the day when you're in the ABC. Yeah. Um, and his quote is something like, you can't go around irritating the person who's going to give you funding. <sighs> Which I sort of get, you know, but you, yeah. at the same time, you don't kowtow to what they want, but you've got to have a good relationship with you. And that's one of the criticisms about Michelle Guthrie, I guess. But yeah. in, in hindsight, now it's starting to look like she might have been sacked because she was sticking up too much for the ABC and refusing to sort of, um, you know, bend to the what the government wanted. Look, perception is everything, James. And I think that... Uh the, should, we are starting to see Michelle Guthrie in a different light with these revelations. But the truth is that if you think back, it took a very, very long time for her to get out there and make a public speech defending the ABC. You know, I think a lot of people who worked there felt that they were under siege for a long time and that they didn't uh, have a managing director that was willing to fight for them. She eventually did it. And of course, it became news. But uh, I think a lot of people were concerned at how long it took her to do that. So that's what I mean about perception being everything. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, the fact that uh, the, I mean, as Kerry O'Brien put it so eloquently on the drum yesterday, he's either an idiot for not knowing that that's, that you're, you're not meant to do those things as part of your job or he did it knowing uh, unknowingly, which makes it just as bad. I mean, this is meant to be the role of the ABC board and the chairman. They are meant to work independently of the government. Yes, you've got to have a relationship with them uh, for, you know, funding, but you should never, ever be intimating that you have to kowtow to the government or further funding cuts will be made against you. That's not how the system's supposed to work. Yeah, absolutely. And what this week has also shown is how much the sort of public cares and is interested in about the ABC, what yeah. they do, and um, what happens inside the organisation. Because it's, I mean, it's led the Sydney Morning Herald every day this week. The Australians had big splashes every day. Yeah, uh, the Telegraph's right, right into it, and they even had an editorial today explaining to their readers why they're covering it in such detail. And what, 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 what did they say? Because, I mean, the Daily Telegraph uh, takes every opportunity to sink the boot into the ABC whenever they can. And yet now we're seeing, you know, uh, suddenly they're saying, oh, yes, no, actually, we should be supporting them. Yes, it's very important that they be independent. You know, heaven mm. forbid they run a comedy skit they don't like next week. Yeah, well, Andrew Bolt was running very hard on um, that the chairman should go. Um, he, he thought it was, you know, it was... Um, that there was no question. He thought he'd been done a very poor job, uh, but now he's calling now for the whole board to go. <laughs> Thinks they're all implicated and should go. The uh, the Daily Telegraph editorial said something like there was um, a drama as a real cliffhanger. You know, they oh. ch chucked in a pun about um, um, TV. Well, let me just—I've uh, got it here in front of me. Um, explosive new detail turns the ABC's drama into a real cliffhanger. Even if yeah. you're not even if you're not a frequent consumer of the ABC's increasingly boutique television. Oh, here we go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's always there, James. <laughs> television, <laughs> radio and online offerings, and that uh, would include a massive number of Australians, the ABC uh, is still a big story. So when the ABC goes into meltdown, the Daily Telegraph is obliged to cover it. That's true. Um, what also is going on here now, what I also feel is going on now, though, is because uh, Justin Milne has been a friend of Malcolm Turnbull's and he's had to make a statement about it, it's not like... It, just because Turnbull has resigned and he's out of politics, it's not like his enemies are just going to let that slide. I think there's a bit of sniffing around to see if uh, he can be tarred with some of this brush. That's what it feels like to me. I could be wrong there. Um, but, yeah, I still think that uh, politics and uh, old... Uh old feuds and all of that still have a lot to play in all of this. Mm. Uh, this hasn't come up much, but I just, I can't help but wonder if it was a, if it was a man, if it would have all played out like this. Um, 
you know, this is old, 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 rich white guys getting together, isn't it? And yeah, sort of, yeah. You know, sort of. Um, I don't know. Manipulating might be a bit overdoing it, but sort of, you know, conspiring, um, talking about things that that really the the public is interested in. But then you think back. To, I think it was Jonathan Shire, was it? Who had a fairly calamitous time. Um, yes, he did. Uh, and and didn't last that long. I think in the role. Um, yep. So, I mean, there is form there. So maybe it's not so much a, a, a sex thing, but um, but I, you just wonder, well, would she have lasted a bit longer? And everybody really did seem to gang up on her right at the end, didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, the announcement on Monday did come out of the blue. And I guess, uh, you know, people are starting to – I saw someone, you know, uh, sending a tweet to is it Sally Neighbor, the producer, executive producer of Four Corners, yes. who said excellent decision, and they said, oh, oh, do you do you reframe what you're thinking now? I, I don't think it takes away, even though we're getting more details about what's happening. It's it's obvious that during her time there, Michelle Guthrie uh, wasn't liked by everybody. That um, and I think that she has been treated uh, badly throughout mm. all of this. But I think that the people at the ABC that had a bad experience with her, I think they're within their right to say, we think it's great that she's gone. And in actual fact, the fact that this has now led to us discovering a whole bunch of other things that are going on, well, I think it's great that all of this is coming out into the opening. It could, uh, clearly, uh, a lot of this needs to be said. Yeah. I, I've also been interested, and I know you're – you're not a big fan of what Miranda Devine writes, at least not not that often. Um, but she had an interesting piece this week that said uh, the ABC sacked the wrong person, and um, she was talking about you know the um, that it should have been Justin Milne should have been gone, and this was this was written back on this was written on um, I guess Tuesday night. She probably would have um, put uh, pen to this. So that's that's an interesting piece for if, if anybody wants to sort of check that up, uh, check that out. All right, look, that's the ABC. We probably won't uh, dwell on that anymore, but I think there's pl- we'll probably be chatting next time we're together. It's, it's a changing story, James. We'll have more to say about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think everybody deserves a bit more detail and some sort yeah. of, you know, uh, well, like say transparency about uh, what is going on. Totally. There's a lot going on in TV. Look, we're only two months from the um, end of our survey for the year, so the, it's certainly flown by. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um, the Emmy Awards. We haven't sort of chatted at all since they were on, and um, it was a it was a, a big Emmy Awards again for HBO. Yep. But what also happened uh, this year was it a, as a, a a big year for um, Netflix as well. I think the two I think the two of them each won twenty three Emmys. And, you know, I would also say to you that it was a big year for Amazon Prime because here's another operator that's been making shows for a while that I have successfully resisted for all of this time. But, you know, I watched it happen at the Golden Globes and then I watched it happen at the Emmys and it was like, oh, for fuck's sake, do I have to um, (laughs) connect to Amazon Prime now to watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? And I did, James. I connected last night. It was $12.99 a month, although I think I've got a 30-day free trial. Okay. And I started watching it to see what all the fuss is about, and um, it's all well-deserved. The show is incredible. I've watched three episodes. It's my latest uh, binge favourite. Um, but, yeah, it's just – I just think, oh, God, really, seriously, you know, it's like – I, I, I heard someone tell me recently that what they do in their house is that they put they connect to a service and pay it for the month, and then they immediately cancel it. Okay. And then when it runs out uh, at the end of 30 days, they go, okay, well, now we'll go to the other one for a month. And that's how they're doing it and keeping the cost down. And that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Because now last night when, you know, I connected to Amazon.prime, I was going, oh, great. Wow, look at, look at all these shows. Yeah, look at all these moves. Oh, I'm excited. I'll tell you what. Um, a few weeks down the track when I've watched everything that I've wanted to watch, it'll just be like all the rest. I'll just be like going 
search, 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 not being able to decide on anything. But, yeah, um, I thought the Emmys were terrible this year, James. I was on the road. I was travelling. I didn't read any of the press about it. I had no idea that it went down as badly as it did. Um, And then I read them days and days later and went, oh, so it wasn't just me. I mean, those unknown hosts from Saturday Night Live, the unfunny routines, it just went on and on and on to the point that I don't even think I watched the end of it. Yeah, look, I've been away too and I never get got to see the broadcast this year, but the results always interest me and I, and I like yeah. looking them up. And look, I've I've done exactly the same thing as you. I think um, Mrs. Maisel won, um, the marvellous Mrs. Maisel won three Emmys. Yep. Um, I should have twigged when it won two Golden Globes earlier this year, but I didn't. So no. I, I, I did, I went straight on. I've watched, I've watched all eight episodes. Yep. I'm a little bit more enthusiastic about it than you, I think, because I, it just blew me away. Oh, it, did, it oh, is well, I so good. I, I haven't uh, spoken it up enough. It's blown me away too. I right, watched okay. three bang, bang, bang <laughs> last night and yeah. just went, yeah, I couldn't wow, stop. wow, wow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's just sensational. I mean, yeah. every element is just so well done. It's just, I mean, the cast, I mean, you oh, that um, Amy Sherman as a Palladino, who's the executive producer, uh, along with her husband, Daniel. I think Amy, uh, she she did the music. I mean, she wrote it. She's an executive producer. Well, what a superstar she is. I know. Incredible. It's, it, it's shot like it's a kind of a 1950s Technicolor musical. Yeah. Um, it's just going, you know, hell to the dozen. It's so many interesting all of these supporting characters, all of them really well fleshed out. Uh, there's just so much going on, and yet it's covering tiny amounts of time. Like the first episode, first two episodes is basically over a 24-hour period. Mm. You know, it's barely covered any time in the first three episodes, but there's been so much happening in it. Yeah, it is magnificent. Um, just mention some of those cast. Miriam is, uh, I think, is Rachel Brosnahan is, is sensational. Uh, Alex Borstein plays Susie, who becomes her manager. Amazing. Um, Michael Zegan is great as Joel. Yep. But the um, I'm not sure who's the guy who plays Lenny Bruce. I'm not sure who that is. But well, wow, we isn't that brilliant? You know. That, yeah. It's just the great. fact that they're working in real comedians from the era, absolutely. So we should point out to people that it's about um, a woman who ends up becoming an accidental stand-up comedian. Um, and see, the title was very confusing to me, Jane. The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel, it made it sound like it was some sort of kid's fantasy thing to me. Well, I thought and it might have been it, a family movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> I had, and I guess even back then when it won all those Golden Globes, I Googled it to find out what it was about. And I just saw the word stand-up and I thought, oh, God, it's just another show about <laughs> stand-up comedians. Because we've had a few, let's yeah, face yeah. it. Um, and then, of course, it won the Emmys, and I thought, oh, look, I really need to find out what's happening here. And, yeah, absolutely blown away. Yeah, Luke Kirby is the uh, name of the guy who plays uh, Lenny Bruce. Sensation. What about Kevin Pollock who plays uh, Joel's father? Oh, oh. <laughs> How good and, is he? And, and Tony Shaw playing um, her father. As you know, it's, very Ju- it's very New York. It's very Jewish. Oh, the, the Jewish gags stories. in there are just oh, sensational. Yeah. I haven't laughed so hard at a show for for so long, um, yeah, Jane, Lynch, Jane Lynch crops up. Well, isn't her character amazing? Sophie Lennon. Well, I haven't seen her yet, but I can't bloody wait. I oh, saw okay. that she was All nominated right. uh, for an Emmy, okay. so, well, yeah, can't yeah, wait. She, she crops up at some stage. Um, must be where you've got to yet, so watch out for that. And I think we it's been commissioned for – I think it's been commissioned for three seasons now. Um, yeah. All up, and, and – so we've they've only finished so far um, season one, eight episodes. So, look, whatever you do, you've got to get uh, people, you've got to get out and uh, watch this show. It is so, so now good. that you're on Amazon, James, yes. uh, you would have had a look at uh, the Clancy guy. What's his name? Jack Ryan? Tom Clancy. The, Tom, the Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy thriller. Yeah, Jack Ryan. Um, Jack Ryan. Yes, yep. Mate, I've, I've actually watched all of them too. Oh. Eight, eight episodes. I wow. had a bit of a, a binge feast. I just, I just got into both these shows. And yep. it's, that, it's that thing they, they said, we've talked about this before, you know, everybody's, t- you never have much time, but I was lucky I was travelling a little bit. Um, 
but you make the time. If the show's good enough, you find a way to watch them. Yeah, all, true. You know, and whether it's staying up late, getting up early, just delaying some stuff you normally do during the day. But this is a political thriller about the CIA and terrorism. Uh, John Krasinski plays uh, Jack Ryan. Right. He's actually the fifth actor to play uh, Tom Clancy's character. Uh, I think in the movies it's been Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, yeah. ben, ben Affleck, and was it Chris Pine most recently? Chris Pine did it the last time, yeah. Yep, yep. So this is, yeah, it's turned up on TV. Um, big interesting thing for Aussie viewers, of course, is Abby Cornish. Oh, yeah. Who becomes um, his girlfriend in the, in the series. And she's also got a critical part to the plot, but I won't give that away. But yep. um, I've I've never really watched a lot of Abby Cornish um, before, to be honest. I've never watched much that she's been in, but she's really good in this. Yeah, well, she's made uh, a lot of the films that she's made have been those sort of Australian smaller art house films. Um, I mean, you, you must remember her though in uh, Candy, opposite Heath Ledger, where they were two drug addicts. I mean, that was at the height of when well, that was the only type of film we could make was you know drug addicts <laughs> and. But that was actually a really good film, and she was really good in that. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's great to see. And of course, she was in. Uh, She's in three billboards, isn't she? Yeah, billboards. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I still haven't seen that. <laughs> it's on my list, but I've just never got to it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah so it's definitely worth watching. That uh, look, it's a bit of. I mean, both um, Jack Ryan and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. They're like it's old school TV, if you like. It's sort of it's it's a fairly straight uh, narrative. Um, especially Jack Ryan, it's just you know, it's it's almost a bit of a formula. But I just quite liked it because of that. It's 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 an easy watch, you know. Um, yeah, there's a few cliches and stuff like that, but it's sort of it's uh it's 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 definitely worth uh, checking out anyway. And, and, and of one, course, now that I'm on Amazon, I can maybe get around to finally watching The Man in the High Castle. Which, oh, yes. Yep. You've watched that, haven't you? It's the one where the, the Americans have lost World yeah, War II. And yeah, I watched the first season and maybe the first. I've just I, – I sort of got lost. But um, right. I think they might have three series now at least. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I would love to, to go back and uh, get into that again. But it's uh, something – so, yeah, I just haven't found the time to do it. The third season will actually be released uh, October the 5th. Oh, will it? Okay. Yeah, so there's okay. twenty. There's two seasons of 20 episodes. The third one's about to come out any day now. 20 episodes? You sure? Yeah, 10 episodes. Second, first season, oh, 10. All right, okay. Second 10 season, 10, season. yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. The um, I saw something the other day, too, that was reading this week. There's There's been a survey of the number of commissions that the streaming platforms in the US are, are um, commissioning. And uh, Amazon Prime's got something like 95 programs in production, a 95 different series in production. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible, isn't it? You know, Yeah, that is. They're really up for it to, you know, take a big chunk out of that um, audience. And with everybody getting into it now, we've got the CBS platform in the US. We've yep. got Disney coming out with one shortly. Um, so everybody's making a big play for those viewers. So... Um, yeah. When are we going to find time, James? When? <laughs> we're, we're not. We're not. Look, a few, yeah. other, a few other things. Also on streaming, I, I started to watch Maniac, the new Netflix series. Yep, it's, so did I. They're calling it a dark comedy based on a Norwegian series about a mind-bending pharmaceutical trial. I've got to tell you, that first episode didn't do it for me. No, it didn't do it for me either. I put the second episode on. And I started watching for five minutes and then I just went, what am I doing? I don't like this show. I'm out of there. Yeah, it was just so cold and, yep. you know, it was just just didn't drag me in at all. I just, you know, I could. And I thought it was also really weird that it was set in the future, but mm. um, the future had gone back to the 80s in terms of technology. I was just like going, what? And that, no, nah, not there. Yeah. Didn't get me. Look, if I had some time, I might give it another crack, but yeah. I, I always say you should watch two episodes of things, but literally I've got a list that's so long, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I really did not like that yeah. show. And I was intrigued by it, like Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, yeah. The Great cast. Men, Gabrielle Byrne is a good actor. Yeah. Sally Field, yeah. She seems, I don't know, maybe out of place there, I don't know, but... Um, was she in that first episode? I can't remember. No, she's she not. I could see that she was coming in. I love Sally Field, but yeah, no, not going there. Yeah, yeah. Something I have watched, and I, it's still, 
I think it's the uh, Apple Tree Yard screening at the moment on the, oh, yeah. the ABC. Um, Emily yeah. Watson is a um, is a sort of a, a scientist, um, an English scientist working in sort of what's she doing? Um, um, sort of cloning stuff and that I think it is, but uh, that's it doesn't play a significant part in the the narrative what she does. But well, it's an amazing crime drama. Um, yeah, a, it is. It's it's actually over a year old, so it's taken a little while to get here. I'm not sure if it was on BBC first. Yes, it was. Year, it that's was. Was why it a year ago? Right. Well, that's I missed why it, there. it feels a year old. Yeah, I watched it on BBC first. Oh, okay. Uh, so now I, you know, everyone's starting to talk about it here. And that uh, the other thing too is a lot of people are talking to me about the split, which the ABC has, the British drama you started watching yeah. on a Saturday night. I've had several people come up to me and say, whoa, episode four, <laughs> wow, it's so amazing. Why haven't you watched this show? It's like, calm down, everyone. I only have limited time. I know, yeah, no, it's a cracker. I started watching yeah. that. Um, I've got a bit of catch up to do there, though. So, so definitely. Yeah, but look, so that's um, there's the, we're already building up a bit of a list here of some from good stuff on at the moment. Uh, we should mention now we've been talking about drama, the um, the drama that state playing for, is it playing for keeps? Yes, playing for keeps started uh, this week on ten. No, last week it started last week. It was oh, episode two oh, last episode night. Two large. Oh, yeah, oh. I did notice that in my little media week okay, news yeah, today. I like, up oh, this morning, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was episode. What two. was I thinking at launch this week? Well, oh, I guess I you it. might have thought that they might have launched an AFL, a series about AFL in grand final week. But right, no, they okay. didn't do that, James. They launched it last week. Wow! So that's what happens when you go away and you're not. Uh, yeah. You're not keeping up properly. But I, I've. <laughs> so that was. Well, what did I watch last night? I can't remember if I watched the first or the second episode. Then, so I watched it on Ten Play. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe you did watch the first episode. I watched was when three the, episodes. Was when the girlfriend arrives from the country? Correct. That's episode one. Oh, that is episode one. She okay. meets all the girls and they yeah, say, yeah, oh, yeah. you're going to have yeah, to do yeah. something. You're going to have to smart up your wardrobe. Episode one. Yeah. Look, not a lot happened, but I actually didn't mind it. Look, I quite like it. I just wish it was a bit more, James. Yeah, there's I not just, a lot to it, is there? No, it was... I was waiting for it to, for something to happen that would be so, oh, my God. It didn't have a gotcha moment for me. And at the end of the episode, somebody died. But literally when that person died, I was like, who? Who? I don't <laughs> understand. Who's dead? Who's the captain of the football team? I don't Which one was he? They were all just a bunch of blokes. Just a, ta- just a really clunky way of every soap that has started with a murder has failed, James. Mm. You could look at Pacific Drive, Out of the Blue, the reboot of Melrose Place. It's really, really hard to say, here's a new show and here's a bunch of new characters. Oh, look, we've killed someone. Now you need to care <laughs> enough to follow this murder investigation. It's too soon. Yeah. You yeah. don't kill someone in the first episode. It's a lazy way of introducing characters via a murder investigation. And it never works. And there's playing for keeps, got all the ingredients. Uh, it's Madeline West is sensational in it as the coach's wife and the kind of the leading wag. And um, you've, and you've, but then you've got these girls being really nice to each other. And it's like, whoa, hang on a second. Mm. Every reality TV show we watch now, there is a monstrous woman or women in it. And here we are being led to believe that this is going to be a, you know, behind-the-scenes looks at wives and girlfriends, and you get on there and they're being really nice to each other. And just one of them, um, you know, Olympia Valance is a little bit bitchy and it's like, no, no, I wanted to be a monster. And it's sort I of... thought that's what we signed uh, up for. It was sort of weird too, wasn't it, with um, with the the coach and his wife yep. both having an extramarital relationship. Yeah. But, but it all above board. Well, that's, they, I think, meant they, to be the, the shocking thing in the first episode. But <laughs> if they're both in on it, what's shocking about it? I know. It's weird, wasn't and it? And episode two, which actually went to air last night, episode two did something that I really didn't like. I'm still watching it. I still like it. But episode two did this thing where the coach, played really well by Jeremy Lindsay Taylor, it's a great cast, goes into the dressing room before the game and gives them one of those pep speeches where he's screaming and spitting at them all. You know, get out there and win the game. It's like, oh, my God, I didn't sign up for that. 
I don't want to watch a drama about guys being sports guys, all right? I thought I was watching a show about wives and girlfriends. Leave all that football play for some other show. I want it to be about those women and and all of that. So, yeah, I just it's just not doing what I want it to do. Uh, I, I, and and I, just, I just think in today's really crowded environment, James, is it enough to make you want to keep watching it when we've got so much choice? Mm. It uh, narrowly outrated Bite Club, the yep. second episode, but um, they both weren't, neither had sort of great figures. But I guess neither of them are kind of uh, compelling. Yeah, you know, nobody's them. talking to me about neither of about either of those shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, people come up to me in the street, and all my friends are like, "Are you watching this? Are you watching this?" Nobody's talking about those two new Australian dramas. Sure. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Eight Hundred Words and Rake, which are both sort yep. of wrapping up soon. I think. Yeah, they are. I've, I've, I've jumped ahead and watched both their final episodes. Um, in fact, Eight Hundred Words finishes next. Tuesday on 7. It goes at the latest time of 9.30pm because they're popping The Good Doctor, season two, in at 8.30. So, you know, see you later, 800 words, out the door in a late <laughs> time slot. You know, it's not even really a finale, James. It's just like a season ender. And mm. clearly after they filmed it, they went, we don't want to make any more episodes. It doesn't feel like this is the end of the show and here's that really punchy ending. It just felt like, uh, we're wrapping up a season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rake, on the other hand, just continues, you know, careering off the tracks into absurdity. And I've decided, do you know what the last season of Rake is reminding me of, James? No, what? The last season of Roseanne where she won the lottery and became millionaires. It was like this car crash TV. It kind of goes off into this really absurd territory. You still love the characters. You want to still love the show. You keep watching it, but you're sitting there going, this just isn't working. Mm. And poor old Rake sitting down there, you know, trying to be really outrageous, going, oh, look, now there's been another Liberal Party spill and there's an Indigenous Prime Minister. And you're sitting there going... Yeah, but you know what's actually going on in Parliament? It actually, it actually isn't really that funny. It's just kind of sad and tragic that it's so broken. And it just, although on paper it seemed like such a great idea to have Richard Roxburgh's Cleaver Green going into that environment, it's just coming across as it's coming across as kind of nothing and just really not working. I'm really sad to say that because it used to be my favourite show. Yeah, someone asked me last week, um, uh, you know, if they, I think some people are saying it's jumped the shark. And I said, well, I'm not sure what that means anymore. It's been used so much. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, you could clearly see the producers wanted to go out with a big bang because the, yeah. the show's been pretty wild. So it would have been yeah. hard to top what they've done in the past. Correct. So they saw this as a way of doing that. But you reckon yep. it just doesn't doesn't chill? I just I just think the timing of it has proved all wrong. I think if we were watching this maybe uh, over summer when Parliament wasn't sitting, right, and we could sort of watch it and be completely re- re- be removed from real life Parliament, you'd probably sit and laugh at it and go, "Oh yeah, what a isn't this a send up?" Yeah, <laughs> but I think the fact that literally it premiered just as the Liberal Party were having another spill and here's a show where they were going to have a spill every couple of episodes. You're kind of going, well, actually, it's just kind of that what's happening in real life ain't really that removed from what you're trying to make out is ridiculous in rake. I just think uh, against the background of what's actually happening in Parliament, it just has not rung true. Right. Okay. Um, Now, you've been raving about another drama, uh, Line of Duty. Yeah, well, I haven't actually watched this. This is um, TV Tonight. David Knox has uh, raved about this. He said that there was a series of Line of Duty, I think it's the fourth series, that was a standalone. uh, He gave it five out of five stars when it screened on BBC First or something a year ago. And the ABC has slowly been screening it. And now they're finally going to catch up with it. And they're screening this series, and it's an, a series that stars Sandy Newton. And, yes, That's it is right. definitely screening on the ABC on 
Friday, Fridays at 9.30pm. And this is the season of Line of Duty. You should be watching. Um, absolutely. So you- and it's standalone. Okay, so you can watch this without going back to the start. Correct. My understanding is that, that this is a standalone season. You can watch it by itself and it's a self-contained story and it's absolutely incredible. Now, I've got a feeling we might have mentioned this once before because um, I remember discussing about you could get into it, but I I think I probably said something like, yeah, but I'd rather go back and watch them all. But then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of, of course, I because that's time. such a big deal. Yeah, I, I haven't done that. I'm just going to watch this series um, and uh, see what all the fuss is about. And it's definitely Series 4. It was made in 2017, and uh, Sandy Newton, who just won an Emmy Award for Westworld, is in it. Right, right. Okay, right. Well, that's um, going to be good advice. The um, a new uh, Foxtel had a bit of a drama showcase this week in yep. Sydney. And one of the because they've rebranded Showcase as Fox Showcase, yep. And they're also using that name to put all their premium drama in uh, in this. What do you call it? You know, <laughs> online or online, on, demand, on demand, but all branded demand. under the Fox Showcase banner. Yeah. One of those programs is Mister In Between, which I thought yep. think launched yesterday in the US. Did it yes launch yesterday? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and I, uh, I think it's imminent, or it's you can already watch it on um, the new Fox Showcase. Now, yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to have a look yet, but they had the uh, director. Uh, is, it, is it Nash Edgerton? I think Nash Edgerton, yep. Joel Edgerton's brother, is yep. the director of it. Yeah, yes. so he was there last night. Uh, yep. and said a few things about it, and the um, and a couple of the cast. But have you seen it? Yeah, I've watched the first three episodes and they're oh, wow, half-hour okay. episodes. So it's a drama with half-hour episodes. So that's how I was able to, like, knock three off. And I kept watching them because I kept waiting to see what was going to be so great about it. Mm. I was really disappointed, James. It was just – it just felt like the same old, same old to me. It's I feel like I've seen this before, the story of a hitman who's out there, you know, being really violent in his job, but then during the day, great dad <laughs> – looking to get a girlfriend, you know, meets Book Satchel in the park, walking the dog, and then all of his kind of horribly useless, you know, idiot, scummy friends who I just... And the reason I am so disappointed is because I hold Nash Edgerton in such high regard. Uh, He made a movie, an Australian film called The Square, back in the early 2000s. And it is just the most amazing standalone film. You know, Nash Edgerton used to be a stuntman. Right. And uh, he's just got such uh, an incredible, that as a debut feature, The Square was just amazing. And so I keep thinking to myself, well, for him to have taken this on, uh, Mr. Inbetween must be going somewhere, um, but... Uh, I can't see where it's going because it just feels like I've seen this show before. It actually starts October 1 on right. uh, on the Showcase channel. He, he's also just made it. He also made a movie uh, earlier this year called Gringo that starred his brother Joel Edgerton. And I did notice Gringo was on Amazon Prime when I was joining up yesterday. So I will be watching Gringo because I think as a director... He is incredible, um, Nash Edgerton, uh, and I'll watch one or two episodes more of Mr. In Between and see if it can uh, go, go into an area where I'm really going to be. After watching The Square, The Square is really memorable because the storyline just keeps going off on these tangents where you're going, oh, my God, I had no idea that was that was going to happen next, all these amazing things piling on top of each other. And then you watch something like The Magician where it's just kind of like I'm waiting to be shocked by something and I haven't been shocked yet, so that's why I'm disappointed. Yes, yep, okay. Now, an interesting uh, drama model was Working Class Boy. Uh, yeah. It was made by Cordell Jigsaw Zapruder, CJZ. Yep. But it went to cinemas first, uh. and now already, 
So it was only in cinemas, what, early September would it be? Oh, it was like literally a couple of weeks ago. I was almost oh. thinking, oh, you know, I might do it on a double bill and then went, oh, no, hang on a second, it's about to be on TV. Mm. Once okay. those ads started, I mean, clearly it was all always worked out. Jimmy Barnes will sing at the AFL Grand Final on Saturday and boom, uh, working class boils screen on the Monday night, so lots of cross-promotion there. Great doco, great, great, great doco. Uh, it's like a, a concert of Jimmy with um, his family singing alongside him. Jimmy on stage telling stories from his first biography, Working Class Boy, and travelling back to Scotland and uh, travelling back to the places he grew up in Adelaide, and it's uh, some really uh, tough moments in that and uh, everybody, I played it at my cinema and uh, the audience has just absolutely loved it. Yep. Okay. But yeah, I do think it's, uh, I must admit, as a cinema owner I do question this strategy and it also happened with that movie that Shane Jacobson was involved in, That's My Dog where a bunch of comedians sat around a campfire and told jokes. They released it into cinemas for one weekend and then the next week it was on stand to be watched. And you mm. kind of go, uh, you know what, the public's going to wake up to that. You know, it's kind of either we're going to let these films play and then go to their co, the person that's putting in all the money in that case. You know, we know that they're co-producers on it, but I don't know. I just kind of think that they should maybe respect the window. And the window is when you play something in the cinemas, you wait at least three months minimum before it goes on to a streaming service or a DVD. And here we are kind of jumping the gun and it's just, it's tough out there for cinema owners. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want my customers saying, oh, d d should I watch this film or is it going to be on TV next week? Mm. It's just a bit of a, 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 a touchy one for me. Yeah, I guess it's um, because you, it's at Southwest Rocks, isn't it, your little... Um Picture house, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, and now I'm wondering, says that's opened your eyes, I guess, to this whole really how these windows work and why they're there. Totally. Do you reckon you'd feel differently if you didn't, you weren't operating a cinema? Look, I'm not, even if I didn't operate a cinema, I question the uh, w whether or not it's a good thing to screen a movie in a cinema one week as mm. a brand new first release thing. And then literally a couple of weekends put it on TV. That to me seems problematic when every Hollywood blockbuster we watch takes at least three months to go from cinema to uh, watching it in your own house. That's what we've come to accept the figure, three months. But here we are in Australia saying, oh, no, if we get, we need to get the finance, if someone else will come into it, they can screen it before everybody else within a couple of weeks. I just think it's, uh, it, it confuses the public. Because you've always been really pretty strong on fast-tracking TV shows, international yeah. shows. So yeah. this is a different thing. So I'm not trying to compare the two. but No, no, no. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a similar discussion in a way because I, I did an interview with um, BBC First this week, which I'm going to – we'll be publishing at mediaweek.com.au next week. And I, with you in mind, I just wanted to go over again why there's such a delay in some of the programs they show. Yeah. Very rarely, I must say, they seem to get them day and date or fast track. Doesn't happen yeah. a lot, does it really? No. There's, there's usually a, maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe even a bit yeah. longer sometimes. Yeah. And I went over that with them and they said, look, well, it, sometimes it's to do with rights. He said, but often it's because... We need the time to um, promote it, the series locally properly. Right. Because sometimes they feel like if they rush it out, and he said they know this because they've done it in the past. Right. They don't get a, an audience as strong as they would if they delayed it a month, two months, put some marketing promotion behind it and um, get a bit more of awareness about that show. And it sort of makes sense, I guess. It, it sort of does. And, in fact, uh, John Penn had a conversation with me about this very issue when I was being critical about the fact that they'd held off on something. And one of the reasons he gave me then was that they had found that if they kept this particular show a couple of months, they could pair it with something that would make it a really 
two shows that worked really well together and would make a really great night of television. And I could see the point to that. Um, And I can see Showcase doing exactly the same thing now where they're screening the Deuce uh, express uh, fast-tracking it from the US, but they held on to pose for a few months Mm. to screen it as part of that same night because they're both set in New York and they're both sort of period pieces and the two shows, in a funny way, do kind of go well together on the same night. I'm dying to watch this new Deuce too, but I haven't haven't got around to it yet. Have you had a look? Oh, are you kidding me? The Deuce <laughs> and Pose are my two favourite things on TV right now, right. apart from the marvellous Mrs. Maison. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some good stuff around, isn't it? All set in New York? All set in New York, yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. Look, um, we'll wind this up shortly. There's, I wanted to chat a little bit about um, 10, and yep. let's start with Neighbours. Now, they've, yep. they're getting some big names in. They really are. You know, for a show that, you know, not a lot of people are watching and not a lot of people are talking about, um, They, it, what I love about it is that they don't kind of give up. You know, they just keep going really, really hard trying to make the best little show that they can. And one of the things they're doing is they're getting some really Big, amazing guest stars. They've had Magda Shabansky, and it, it looked on paper that she was just coming along to, you know, be the celebrant at their gay marriage. That's not what happened at all. They kept her on and made her a long-lost sister of Carl Kennedy and have kept her on board for several weeks. Uh, now they're about to bring in Tim Robards, the original Bachelor. He's going to play a sort of a uh, Christian grey, 50 <laughs> shades of grey type character, hopefully without the whips. It's still a G-rated time slot. Then Denise Drysdale's uh, recorded a fun bit. And Kerry Armstrong has signed up to do the show. You know, one of our finest ever actresses. So, you know, I just say well done for Neighbours for not just churning out the same thing all the time. They're really, really, really trying to make the best possible show they can. Yeah. Um Ten has been announcing an incredible amount of content, haven't they? I mean, it's just yeah, just amazing stuff. Um, you know, Blind Date still to come with Julia Morris. Yeah, uh, the local version of Ambulance. We're getting uh, Changing Rooms is coming back with uh, Natalie Bathingthwaite as the yep. host. Uh, I think they're still casting for the judges. I've got a feeling. Uh, Chris and Julia Sunday Night Takeaway. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I think that'll be – that won't be till after I think I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. Because they've obviously got to come back from the jungle before they can do that. <laughs> they, ten, yeah. ten bought the rights to the Melbourne Cup starting from 2019. They're redoing – is it Dancing with the Stars? They're doing it's Dancing with the Stars with Grant Denyer and Amanda, Amanda Keller. Keller. And Grant Denyer's going to be a busy boy. Of course, he's got Game of Games coming up soon as well. Game of Games starts um, Sunday, October. October the 7th, I think it is, because, you know, they've had a couple of Sunday nights where they've just been running dead in the time slot. Yeah, movies Uh, at 7.30, gee. Yeah, they didn't. Look, I get what they were trying to do. They didn't want to do a 7.30 show and then get smashed by the NRL grand final. I get that. But, oh, God, you know, gee, it's embarrassing when you just sort of, you know, Mm. just see them putting on some movie and getting a 140,000 viewers at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday night. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but you can see them rebuilding, can't you? With yeah, these, these absolutely. Building blocks. Absolutely. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting ready. A bit of a red-hot go this year. I mean, they've got yeah. some good stuff on. I think Survivor's another fantastic season. Gee, that's um, gee, that's a good show. And, yeah, people uh, are loving that. Yeah, and they've done a great job this year. Casting has been brilliant again. So fantastic stuff. Uh, the Bachelor's really working for them. Yes. And I presume The Bachelor will as well. Um I put a question mark over the Bachelorette, James. I actually, uh, I, I, I actually saw the don't promo know that it's going. Night. Yeah, that that I sort of musical promo. Yeah, I don't know that whether or not Ali is as well liked as they think she is. Well, no, um, I, I've heard that, but I think that might bring a bit of a crowd anyway. You think so? Okay, well, we'll see. You know, just, I don't think that. I don't I know if you have to like think, the person so much. Uh, yeah. 
I don't think it's going to match the success and, and the Honey Badger has been hugely successful on The Bachelor. There's been a lot of men watching it yeah, um, okay. and they're on board and, yeah, you, you do, you go straight into The Bachelorette uh, and perhaps there's a, a stay on factor there. Yeah, but I'm just, I just question whether or not it's going to do as well as The Bachelor. You know, Last what? year, of course, The Bachelorette did better because it was Sophie Monk. Yeah, but then... It did better up, than The Bachelor. Yeah, but look, a lot of people listen to Kyle Sandilands so don't necessarily like him, but they <laughs> it's an exciting ride. They, you know, it, yeah. help, it helps their prejudice and <laughs> gives them fuel for you know, their reason. Well, yeah, I, I knew it was something I'd... It's a good reason I didn't like him and he's just reminded me, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> a few interesting... Um, uh, what do we call them, factual things coming up. Uh, that Kelly Lane doco by Caro Meldrum-Hanna, that's been fascinating. I've, I think Now, that actually did launch this week, didn't it? Did I get that? Yes, point? it did. Yeah. Episode one, and, yeah. and I was late to it. I forgot it was on. I suddenly went, oh, my God, look at the time. And, you know, it's the moment I switched channels, I was absolutely uh, just completely glued to it. Yeah, and they've really laid the filmmaking bare. They just show you everything. Yeah. How yeah. are they rigging up to try and get the interviews, you know, the setup for the interviews. Just... And I love how messy her office is too <laughs> with bits of paper all laid out all over the floor. They've got to follow this lead. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, it was a bit like a, um, a crime investigation unit where I oh, had all this stuff on like the that. wall, you know. But uh, yeah. there's two parts to come for that, so that's good stuff. Now, next week I think SBS is showing Go Back to Where You Came From live. Live, wow! It's a huge undertaking for them. Yeah, um, clearly they've they've been filming for some time, and they've got to kind of get some other stuff in the can ready to go. But you know, a very very ambitious undertaking to you know m- modify that format into a into a live thing. It's going to be very interesting. Yep, yep, fascinating. And then you're a big fan of Mad as Hell, which is back for its uh, latest season. I think we're two episodes into that, aren't we? Yeah, um, the first episode back, F1, you know, he McAuliffe had been off air during that whole liberal spill. My God, he was savage. Uh, last night, it was back to more traditional McAuliffe, but I tell you what, that first episode of Mad as Hell, you could almost feel the anger coming through the the screen at you uh, as he kind of, you know, laid into them all for the way they'd behaved. Um, last night didn't feel as timely. I was waiting for some sort of comment about, you know, what was going on with the ABC board. They said absolutely nothing on it. So mm. uh, presumably some, some gags will start rolling for that next week. Yes. Yep. Yep, indeed. All right, Andrew, look, let's leave there. Let's have a quick recap. of There's lots of great things to watch. Uh, Juice, a Pose, um, Apple Tree Yard, uh, Jack Ryan, marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Um, they, they were the major things. Weren't they? Line of Duty, they were the big dramas that uh, people should be uh, getting into. Yeah, and Australian TV producers uh, start um, making some slightly more adult shocking dramas so that we can add your name to that list. Yeah. Nothing would make me happier than saying this is an Australian drama series. You've got to watch. It demands that you watch it. It's right up there with all of these other shows that we're all talking about. Yep. Okay. Stop playing it so safe, James. <laughs> Look, there's um, a lot of good stuff coming on that Fox showcase. We didn't get to chat about that much today, but I think we might get into that a little bit more detail. Um, as a lot of that comes on later in um, later in October, and also yep. some a lot of stuff coming on BBC First. They had a bit of a showcase recently about all their stuff coming at the end of this year and into 2019. So we might look at both of those in a, a little bit more detail next time. We yeah, chat. and of course it's now, you know, the fall TV season is underway in America and all the new shows yep. are starting over there and they're all coming back. So, yeah, there's a lot happening. Yeah, there is, absolutely. All right, Andrew, thank you. Always good to chat. Thanks, James.